Hey there! Welcome to Well Dukes. This podcast is brought to you by UREC Health Promotion. Tune in every other Wednesday for conversations that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and wellness and helps you be Well Dukes. Hello, Dukes, and welcome back to the Well Dukes podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Shutt, and today we have two very special guests on. So, Cole, would you like to introduce yourself first? Of course. Um, my name is Cole Seward. I am the case coordinator for the Title IX office. Uh, that means I am meeting with students to discuss resources and supportive measures and help them through the, the Title IX processes and options that are available. Thank you. And also we have on Laura today. Hi, I'm Laura Sider-Jost, and I'm the Deputy Title IX Coordinator in the office here and the Lead Investigator on Title IX cases. So today we are talking about the five things that you need to know about Title IX. So we're going to get started at number one, which is what is Title IX? Yeah, so Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1973 is a federal civil rights law that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex in educational programs and activities in the United States that receive federal financial assistance. So breaking that down a bit, uh, let's start with what we mean by discrimination on the basis of sex. Uh, Sexual harassment, sexual assault, stalking, domestic violence, and dating violence are each forms of discrimination on the basis of sex and are therefore prohibited under Title IX. Here at JMU, we use the term sexual misconduct as an umbrella term uh, that encompasses sexual assault, harassment, dating violence, domestic violence, and stalking. Uh, Now, the term educational programs and activities uh, refers to any operations of an educational institution, uh, whether that's classes or sports uh, clubs, that kind of thing. So the bottom line here is that discrimination on the basis of sex uh, or gender is prohibited. And if a student experiences some form of sex-based discrimination, such as sexual misconduct, the school where the student is enrolled must respond to offer resources and support to mitigate that harm and must also act to prevent future occurrences so that students as well as faculty and staff experience a working and learning environment that is equitable and inclusive. Now here at JMU, the Title IX office is responsible for receiving and responding to all reports of sexual misconduct involving JMU community members. We do this by reaching out to the individual who is described as having experienced the harm to offer support and information about both on-campus and off-campus resources, uh, supportive measures through Title IX, and options for addressing the harm. Thank you. Um, So when we're looking at Title IX, what we kind of already started to touch on is what reporting is and like how that works. So at number two, we'd love to get an idea of reporting and what does it mean? Yeah, of course. Um, So let's start about what a report is or talk about what that means. 
So a report is just information that uh, the Title IX office receives either directly from an individual who experienced sexual misconduct or from someone such as an employee, um, a professor, uh, anyone on campus um, who a student has confided in uh, about an incident of sexual misconduct. Sometimes friends and family members of students or employees uh, who have experienced harm will contact us to share information about an incident, something that has occurred. Um, so a report isn't really anything official. It's, it's information that is shared with us. And when we receive that information, the first thing we do is reach out to the person who experienced the harm and offer options about resources and supportive measures. Uh, the, the bottom line for that is, is a report um, is information that, that triggers the Title IX office to reach out um, to the individual with information about resources. And it's up to that person to decide what, or if any, resources they're interested in. So people can report or share information with us about an incident um, in a few ways. Uh, they can report it online. We have an online reporting form on our website, uh, at the, the Title IX website. They can also email us at title9.jmu.edu, um, which is also found on the website. Um, and students and employees or anyone is welcome to call us uh, Monday through Friday uh, from 8 to 5 at 540-568-5219. We are also here on campus, so anyone can come up to our offices. We're on the fourth floor of Holland Yates Hall, um, and we're welcome to you know speak to anyone um, in person as well. Um, something important to know is that a report or sharing information with our office is different than a formal complaint. Um, a report doesn't trigger Title IX to investigate or begin any Title IX process. Um, if a person who experienced harm wants Title IX to begin a process, such as an investigation and hearing or an adaptable resolution process, uh, they need to first file a formal complaint, uh, which means that they're specifically requesting one of those processes through our office. Um, a formal complaint is really just uh, some information sent to our office that lets us know uh, what a student would like us to be looking at in one of those processes. Um, those options um, are, in, in general, they're not required by our office. So, but it is options that there are options we have available for uh, students and employees. So now that we've kind of talked about reporting a little bit, what are some number, some, at number three, what are some reasons that someone might not want to report or start that process? Well, you know, there are many valid personal reasons why uh, someone may not want to report. Uh, and the path forward uh, toward healing for each person is going to be different. Uh, and for some, that can involve working with resources like Title IX, uh, and for others, it may involve working with other resources on campus, uh, confidential resources such as the Counseling Center, and for others, the way forward may be through other avenues altogether. 
uh, all of those are are valid. Um, we have heard people uh, might not want to report to us in Title IX because um, they uh, they believe that if they go to Title IX, they might have to do something they don't want to do, uh, or they won't get the outcome that they want. But first and foremost, the Title IX office is here to offer supportive measures uh, and connect individuals to the resources they want when they want them. Uh, you know, we do so in a, a manner that honors individual privacy and uh, meets a very high standard for confidentiality. Um, <clears throat> so in other words, we're not going to start a process or inform other people of an incident in general without permission from the person who was harmed. There are very rare exceptions to that. Um, if we receive a report that indicates a clear uh, and immediate threat uh, to personal or community safety, um, and then we need to share some information with the appropriate authorities, uh, but we make sure to let individuals know first if we need to do that uh, and what they can expect in terms of, for example, a follow-up follow -up by law enforcement um, and let them know that they still retain options for uh, taking action along those avenues or refusing action along those avenues. Title IX is really a place uh, where uh, students uh, or employees who have experienced harm can come and just find out about and consider options and resources without pressure. It's helpful to, to also add that we don't uh, involve parents. Um, we don't uh, involve professors um, unless a student gives us permission. So um, we really don't share information with anyone who doesn't need to know. So we kind of started to touch on this as well um, in the, the previous couple answers, but at number four, why is Title IX helpful and beneficial to students and the university? As a uh, federal civil rights law, Title IX supports colleges and universities in taking action to provide a safe, equitable, an inclusive working and learning environment uh, for everyone, where everyone can thrive, uh, helping to make sure support is available where needed, and also helping to identify and respond to patterns of discrimination as needed. Now, for individual students uh, or faculty or staff uh, who have experienced some form of sexual misconduct, uh, Title IX is, is uh, helpful because we can assist them in accessing care and support on their own terms and in the way they determine is best for them at the time they determine is best for them uh, so that they can continue to focus on their educational and professional goals. As long as someone is a member of the JMU community, we will continue to offer support and assistance um, <clears throat> when they're ready, if they uh, choose those resources. Which leads us right into our last topic. At number five, uh, we'd love to give the listeners an idea of the resources that are available to them and whether is that, that is on or off campus. Yeah, so there are a number of resources available to JMU students or faculty or staff who have been impacted by sexual misconduct um, when Title IX reaches out to someone who has been impacted, 
uh, we provide information about all of these resources. Um, so let's start with the resources available through the Title IX office. Um, we call these supportive measures and they are available uh, regardless of if a individual wants to pursue um, an investigation and hearing or an adaptable resolution process. So these are always available. Um, supportive measures, some examples uh, include academic assistance, such as you know, helping with schedule adjustments with classes. Um, we can also, with permission, communicate to professors about absences and requests for additional time on assignments. Um, again, we only communicate with instructors with student permission. We can also assist students with accessing uh, temporary uh, on-campus emergency housing, um, as well as assisting with uh, room change requests as well. Um, we can also issue two-way temporary no-contact orders, which essentially prohibit direct communication, um, so speaking uh, directly to another person, um, third-party communication, so speaking to a friend and having that friend relay a message, um, as well as electronic communication. Uh, so that is also prohibited with these two-way no-contact orders um, and also extends to social media as well. If the person described as having caused the harm is a member of the JMU community as a student or an employee, um, then there is also the option of filing a formal complaint with Title IX to have the uh, office um, look into the incident, either through an investigation and hearing process uh, through the campus or uh, to participate in an adaptable resolution process. Um, I know those came up before, um, so I just wanna clarify that those are options that are available. Um, they're, not, they're nothing that in general, we don't require them. Um, the Title IX office is responsible for investigating these formal complaints and the Office of Restorative Practices uh, conducts the adaptable resolution process. So there's a couple of offices there involved. Speaking of uh, addressing harm through these processes, um, anyone can at any time also uh, report an incident to the police. Um, and we're also here to assist people with accessing law enforcement. So that's something that we're more than happy to do uh, if a student would like us to, to assist them. Um, if a student isn't sure which police department to call or uh, if they feel intimidated by the idea of talking to police, um, students uh, can and employees can always start by talking to the officers at, at Jamie PD, um, and they are very helpful in, uh, you know, helping a student or employee determine which law enforcement agency to communicate with. Um, they're very helpful. Most students at JMU live off campus, either in the city of Harrisonburg or just outside the city limits in Rockingham County. Uh, that means Harrisonburg PD and Rockingham County Sheriff's Office are also resources for students to report criminal incidents to. Um, so students don't have to go through JMU PD, but JMU PD is certainly available to anyone who wants to report any criminal events. So now I also want to 
talk about some confidential resources. Resources, when we call them confidential resources, it's because when they learn about an incident of sexual misconduct involving a JMU community member, they do not report information to the Title IX office, to us. So there, it's important to make that distinction of resources and, and, and confidential resources. Confidential on-campus resources are the Counseling Center, the University Health Center, and the Victim Advocacy. Um, all of those are on campus, and they are all confidential resources, meaning that they don't share information with Title IX. The victim advocates work on the third floor of the Student Success Center, and their role is to provide a space for students who have experienced some form of sexual misconduct so the students can learn about all the options available for receiving support and resources. Um, and they also help students who uh, are considering speaking to police or, you know, considering pursuing an uh, option through the Title IX office, such as the investigation and hearing process or an adaptable resolution process. So they work with students to uh, go through those options and explore what those mean. The victim advocates can, in, in some cases as well, uh, accompany students to appointments with resources on and off campus um, and to talk to law enforcement um, and, and really be there for um, any individual who has experienced any sort of sexual misconduct. Um, here in the Harrisonburg community um, and Rockingham County, there are a few resources that are generally available to JMU students outside of the university, um, and that includes the Centera RMH Hospital, um, as well as the 24-7 Victim Advocacy Center uh, through the Collins Center uh, in Harrisonburg. Well, thank you so much for closing us out at number five. Uh, we really want to thank both Cole and Laura for being on today. Do you all have any closing thoughts for us? I would just add that uh, we are very happy to have uh, anyone from the community uh, stop by our office anytime uh, here at Holland Yates, uh, which was form formerly uh, Madison Hall. Uh, you don't have to have an appointment. Uh, we'll be happy to see you. Yes, we're always happy to have uh, anybody come by or call or email. Um, even if uh, you're unsure if we can help, um, I always encourage everyone to uh, reach out to us um, and we can help um, go through any questions that you may have. Uh, it's important to know that we're here for the community and um, no one has to make any decisions on their own. You know, we're here to help. Well, thank you all for all the work that you do. And we were super, super happy to have you on today to educate everybody on this topic. And with that, Dukes, we're going to close out. Just wanted to remind you to go ahead and follow us on JMUURex Instagram and Twitter and Facebook for all updates on everything Well Dukes and URex. And as always, be well, Dukes. Mm -hmm.